Bossier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune-in radio app, we are WRKN. 106.1 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Rhino Shield Mid-South. Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville and Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasure good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Friday night edition here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com, our tune-in app, is available via iHeart anywhere in the world to listen in anytime you'd like. Of course, you can always get us at home via Alexa if you can't pick up radio. Just tell her to play WRKN or play Nash Icon 1061 FM. When the show's done, you can always access our podcast through CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on the menu, click on more, and click on podcasts. You can email me. That is Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. And you can also call the show. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. The number to call. Rudy Dixon, our producer, on this Friday night. Glad you're with us as we get rolling. We'll get into the Saints. We'll get into Pelicans momentarily. We'll talk about the NFL Divisional Playoffs. Obviously, an incredibly interesting time in the league. And we'll talk about that coming up with the big games this weekend and make our selections. We did pretty well last week. And we'll see if we can possibly live up to that once again this week. The latest on recruiting and a whole lot more on the docket here this evening. And as we get started, we want to remind you about our inaugural Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club Baseball Bash Luncheon, which is coming up next Tuesday. January 24th at noon at the Cannery at 3803 Toulouse Street in New Orleans. Plenty of free parking right there at the facility. It's a terrific facility. Banquets, weddings, everything imaginable. The food's good, too, and lunch, of course, is part of the admission. It's $40 a person, $320 for a table of eight, and it's going to be a great event. And if we are successful in pulling this off, then we plan on making it an annual event. The keynote speaker is former LSU coach, national championship coach, Paul Maneri. Of course, he played at the University of New Orleans as well. And, of course, we'll also have seven area coaches that will be there to share for all local fans. And those include Trennis Grant of Dillard with a startup baseball program 
Adrian Holloway of Xavier, Jeremy Kennedy of Loyola, Joe Sherman of Delgado, Glenn Powell of Nunez, Jay Ullman of Tulane, and Blake Dean of the University of New Orleans. We'll all be on hand to share, so whatever your loyalty is, we'll have it covered, including LSU with former coach Paul Maneri. Next year, we hope to have Jay Johnson on the docket, and I think we will, but we have to make this one work well in year one, and that includes your support. Lunch is part of it. The admission is $40 a person. And, of course, as mentioned, a table of eight is $320. And if you'd like to reserve yours, let me give you the information right now. I'll write it down, listen up, and I'll repeat it. The number to call is 504-908-6080. That's 504-908-6080. Or you can email scottlaw at aol.com. That's S-K-O-T-L-A-W at aol.com. Scottlaw at aol.com. The information on the inaugural Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club College Baseball Bash next Tuesday, January 24th at the Cannery at 3803 Toulouse Street. The goal here is simple, and that is to promote college baseball in our area. That includes the junior colleges and some of these programs which don't get the attention that others do and don't get the attention that other sports do. We aim to change that and to make sure that they get their just due. So hopefully you'll have a chance to partake because we think it will be well worth your while. The New Orleans Pelicans just getting underway momentarily in Orlando against the Magic. And this is no gimme. It's a push. The Magic, only 16 and 28 and 10 and 12 at home, but they're an athletic young team. Paulo Bencaro has been really good. They run up and down the floor. They're going to make you play at pace. You've got to control that to a degree. And you've got to stop their guard penetration, which can be awfully good. This will not be an easy game by any stretch. And then it's on to Miami for a rematch with the Heat. The Pelicans now officially are fourth in the West, percentage points behind Red Hot Sacramento. Look at the top of the Western Conference as we speak. Hot basketball teams. Denver. 32-13, and 13, they won eight consecutive games. Then you got Memphis, 31-13, and 13, they won 11 consecutive games. And then the young, talented Sacramento Kings, who have won five in a row and are 25-18, and 18, percentage points ahead of the Pelicans, who are at 26-19 and 19 and have lost two in a row and have lost seven of their last ten. The absence of key players is starting to show up where the Pelicans are concerned. It was simply a matter of time. They were treading water much of the way and doing a fantastic job with good coaching, with excellent depth. But at some point, the talent catches up with you. And I think we've seen evidence of that. Haven't seen a team dissect the Pelicans like Miami did the other night. They just ran pick and roll all night, had dribble penetration, shot the ball well, made the extra pairs, shared it well, and then played some zone defense to create problems on the other end of the floor which the Pelicans simply weren't able to solve and couldn't shoot the ball well enough and just didn't have the artillery to be able to combat what the Heat threw at them. So a one-sided home loss, first time we've seen that this year. Not what you expect from the Pelicans. It was a wire job. They never led, did the Pelicans, in the game. They had one tie at 2-2. Other than that, they trailed the entire game. It was never a contest, and the outcome was never in doubt. So what happens moving forward? Well, that's an interesting question because who's available tonight? 
Herb Jones, lower back contusion. We'll see if he's on the floor or not. Was listed as questionable. Najee Marshall, right great toe soreness, also questionable. Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, they're still out. So, there you have it. Now you add Marshall to the list. I mean, it's like every night is a new adventure where the injuries are concerned with this team, which has played 45 games past the halfway mark of the season. So where does that leave this team right now? Let me give you some perspective on things. 45 games played. Herb Jones has played in 29. So he's missed 16 games. Herb Jones, your best defender, and he averages 10 points a game. Zion Williamson has also played in 29 games. So he's also missed 16 games. He averages 26 points a game. Brandon Ingram, he's played in just 15 games. So he's missed 31 games. And he averages 20.8 points per game. So you can do the math. It's astonishing. 56.8 points a game, gone. And that doesn't even include the rebounds. Because Williamson was having his best season in that regard. Seven boards per game for Zion. 5.1 boards per game for Brandon. 3.7 for Herb Jones. So, you know, the 56-plus points missing and the 15 rebounds a game missing. And that doesn't even include assists because Zion was having a great year in that regard. Herb Jones at 2.1 assists per game, doing a good job in that department. Zion at 4.6 assists per game and Ingram at 4.7. That's 11, almost 11 and a half assists per game. That's what you're missing right now. And that's hard to replicate and it's hard to replace any way, shape, or form when you look at the grand scheme and what you need to do to be successful in this league. It's too much firepower, not there. And kudos to Najee Marshall, who's done a good job, but you know, at some point when he becomes more of a focal point, he's not that guy, even though he's picked up his scoring and done a really good job, better at slashing, not making the three much, you know, at least at this point. Jose Alvarado, nothing changed there. He gives you what he gives you off the bench. And you're not going to really ask him to step up his game offensively. That's not really what he's there for. Then, of course, when you look at the others and who they are and what they've got, I mean, you've got to get the production out of McCollum and Valanciunas every night. Now, they've been getting that by and large. Of course, McCollum has become the focal point of the defense with everybody playing them. So that was uh, a situation whereby it's difficult. You know, when he's the focal point for him to get the shots that he really wants. Valanciunas has done everything you can ask him to do. Is he a liability on the defensive end? Yes, against athletic teams in the pick and roll, he's going to be an issue. And we've seen that. We saw it last year. We're seeing it again this year. But his positives clearly outweigh the negatives. He can score the basketball. He can rebound the basketball. Good post-up player, traditional center with traditional center skills. And he's really picked up his game. But here's the other thing about Valanciunas that just absolutely positively stands out in my mind and should stand out 
in the mind of everyone. Oh, Jonas Valanciunas is dependable. Just look at where he's at and where the Pelicans are. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Jonas Valanciunas shows up to play. 45 games. Guess how many games Jonas has played? 45. Every game. He's averaged 14.8 points a game, 9.8 rebounds. Now, the 14.8 a game, that's three below last year's average. But that's because they had Ingram and Williamson on the floor earlier in the season, and they were the focal points, and McCollum was the third option. McCollum struggled early. Then he got healthy. He picked up his game, and he had to. Ingram got hurt. Williamson picked up his game, and he had to. So it's been picking each other up on a regular basis. That's been a key for this team, treading water and staying where they're at. But as mentioned, it's catching up with them. And there's no gimmies on this schedule, including tonight against Orlando. Disregard the record. Orlando is a dangerous team. They're young. They're energetic. They're playing hard. They won at Golden State recently. And it's a team that can... They're going to push you. They're going to make you play, and they're going to try to make you play their pace. Then you get a rematch of Miami, and something has to change drastically there for a team that demolished you on your home floor. Now you go to their place. It's just been a bad matchup. I mean, they've been dominated by Miami. Eight in a row, nine out of ten. I mean, this is a team they can't beat, they being the Pelicans, traditionally. And when you're not at full strength, it's going to make it that much more difficult. So... Short-term pain, long-term gain. That's the hope and the thought process right now by not rushing Zion Williamson back, who's due to be reevaluated next week, and by not rushing Brandon Ingram back, who, as we're told, is getting closer. That's all we get. And people keep asking the questions. And we keep eliciting the response, and we can just pass along what we are told. I mean, we don't have any other information to share. Unless the organization wants to share specifics, unless the player wants to share specifics, there isn't anything else we can pass along. We know what Williamson is all about. We know that it's probably minor and that he likely could go if he absolutely needed to right now. But you can understand the consternation of the organization trying to rush him back and risk further damaging the injury and prolonging it and hurting the rest of the season. They want him back at full strength and have him on the floor at full strength for as long as he can go when he does return because he's such a difference maker. And with Brandon Ingram, no one envisioned that it was going to be 30 games or more, which is what we've seen now over the course of this season. But it has been. And he missed a lot of games last year. So the bigger concern... Moving forward is your two max players are fragile. They're guys that aren't on the floor enough to sustain success for a franchise. That is the biggest issue about these two. Nobody questions the abilities of Williamson or Ingram. Nobody questions uh, their character. At least they have it. Good guys, team guys. They like being here. They want to be here. But again, no matter what your abilities are, the biggest thing is being available, being able to get on the floor and contribute 
on a night-to-night basis, and we just haven't seen that from either one of them. And again, you worry about McCollum wearing down because you know he's obviously not younger. I mean, he's 31 right now. He's been in the league since the 13-14 season. And he's played in 40 games. So he's only missed five. And you don't want to see him wear down. Averaging 21.3 a game. That's three points down from a year ago. From three-point range, shooting 40.5%. That's what you want to see. 40 and above is good. And that's what you want to see in the league. McCollum is right at 40 as a career three-point shooter which is important. What's interesting in New Orleans is he hasn't been that guy from the free throw line. In two years' time, just 72-plus percent, which is mediocre, especially for a guy with his shooting ability. You'd like to see that improve. But again, C.J. McCollum's done everything you can ask him to possibly do in the absence of star power. And the same is true of Jonas Valanciunas. So what can the Pelicans do moving forward? There's a lot of speculation about a trade. What are your assets? What don't you want to give up? Herb Jones is a great defensive player. He's young. Half-decent offensive game. Would he be a trade piece? Or would you want to trade him? Jackson Hayes, definitely. You could certainly dangle him. Devontae Graham, sure, if somebody would take him. Other than that, is there someone on your team that you'd be willing to part with? A 19-year-old Dyson Daniels? I mean, what's it going to take to get you that one other surefire shooting option that you can count on night to night to be able to be productive and put the ball in the basket in particular from distance? Because right now, uh, that is lacking on specific nights Pretty obvious in some of the games. Trey Murphy is that guy that you want to see there. He's been pretty good, almost 40% from three-point range, 39.7%. And averaging 12 and a half a game, he's shown great progress from 5.4 points a game in his rookie season. He's gotten better and will get better yet. But the consistency isn't quite there yet for Trey. You expect it's only going to continue to get better but again, if the Pelicans are lacking in one area, you know, it would seem to me that it would be that one additional marksman. Somebody could just get, come in and just knock them down on a consistent basis. And then with the rotations, the only other potential move down the road, and again, this is all on Willie Green and he's with his players every day. It's easy for us to observe and shape our own opinions, but I wouldn't mind seeing Kyra Lewis be incorporated a little bit more. Now, the only way that's going to happen is at the expense of someone else. Well, that can't be Jose Alvarado. He's too much of an energy present, too solid in that regard, and he absolutely has earned his minutes. So the obvious choice there is Devontae Graham. You know, that 7 to 15 minutes a game Graham gets, what would Lewis look like in that role? I mean, both of them are undersized guards. You're not talking about taking a player out and putting a smaller player in there. They're similar in stature. So there's that aspect. And what we've seen from Lewis is good shooting touch. Made a 3 the other night. Got to believe he's got the ability to shoot that shot, looking at his rotation. The quickness is there. The speed is there. 
perhaps the ability to create off the dribble. And again, you love to have that because you don't have that right now without Ingram and without Zion, guys who go get their own shots. So that's the only other thought process right now about changing rotation outside of the potential for making a deal for what might be out there that could entice you to make a move. If you think you're one move away from being a definitive championship contender, you make it. If you don't, you've got a really good nucleus and you don't want to break it up. That's what David you know, Griffin is looking at as we speak. Just getting started here on this Friday night. Ken Trahan with you, Rudy Dixon, our producer. It's all access. We'll take a time out here. When we return, we'll delve into the latest on the Saints. And then later on in the show, NFL playoffs, divisional round. Our picks are coming up. Stay tuned here on All Access for a Friday night on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. I'm Ken Trahan. And I'm Jude Young. We'll have comprehensive coverage of high school, college, and the pros, plus we give you a voice to speak your mind. It's entertainment, it's information, it's all that you could want, and it's right here on 1061 Nash Icon. Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Following Inside New Orleans on 1061 Nash Icon. Country for life. Hey, drop what you're doing and clear your schedules. I just went to Kohl's biggest clearance event of the season and saved up to 70% on so much cool stuff, like cute home favorites, jeans for my whole fam, a cozy sweater for myself, a pair of boots for my husband, and more. So don't miss out. Get to Kohl's to save while you still can. You'll thank me later. Select styles, up to 70% off ends January 23rd. See store Kohl's.com for details. This week at Macy's, get an extra 20% off with your coupon or Macy's card. That's on top of great savings, like 50 to 60% off coats and puffers for him and for her, 40 to 55% off boots and shoes for her, and 20 to 50% off bed and bath refreshes from Charter Club and more. Plus, stock up and save with an amazing 25 to 70% off season end clearance deals. Now at Macy's, savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply. For that professional landscaping appearance every time, depend on Land Pride, the leader in landscape and agri-maintenance equipment. Ascension Equipment in Renal in Gonzales is your local authorized Land Pride dealer. From rotary cutters and tillers to cedars, rakes, and blades, you'll find that no landscaping task is too tough for Land Pride. Discuss the complete line of Land Pride products with the folks at Ascension Equipment in Renal on Airline Highway in Gonzales. Save more today and mow tomorrow. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-929-2121. That's 1-800-929-2121. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-929-2121. That's 1-800-929-2121. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. 
Demand different. Demand Dudley DeBosier. If you've been injured in a crash and the insurance company is forcing you to play defense, it's easy to make the wrong move. Don't let them cost you a big win. Demand Dudley DeBosier, the official injury lawyers of the New Orleans Saints. It could be a game-changing decision. Supporting the Saints, fighting for Saints fans, that's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. That's 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 22-13581 you like to give a veteran or first responder the Mardi Gras ride of their life? The Legion of Mars Parade, founded by combat veterans, will roll on February 11th as New Orleans honors its heroes. The parade will feature veterans, first responders, law enforcement, and wounded warriors. But many who deserve to ride need your help. You can support this parade with a purpose and sponsor a hero to ride. Go to www.MarsHeroFund.com and help make it happen. That's MarsHeroFund.com. Ever wonder why your business doesn't show up on online search maps, but your competitors do? It's hundreds of things. Things that Cumulus Boost can identify and fix. And that's how we boost your findability. CumulusBoost.com. C-U-M-U-L-U-S Boost.com. This report is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance can protect your small business with over 30 coverage options, an easy-to-use mobile app, personalized discounts, and more. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The New Orleans Pelicans back in action tonight on the road against Orlando. College basketball third-ranked LSU's women survived their first scare, edging Arkansas 79-76 at Baton Rouge to improve to 19-0. Men's play Texas A&M Commerce down UNO 63-58. Women's play Texas A&M Commerce beat the privateer women 74-69. Southeastern Louisiana women over Northwestern State 63-48. The Lion men lost 91-81 in overtime to the Demons. Also in women's play Xavier over Dillard 52-40. The Saints have begun making changes. Dennis Allen finding ways with longtime offensive assistant Dan Ruchar. It looks like he'll keep Pete Carmichael, but a few other changes may be coming. Other NFL news, Todd Bowles fires eight coaches. Greg Roman out as offensive coordinator of the Ravens. The Dolphins fire defensive coordinator Josh Boyer. Saints defensive end Cam Jordan wins his appeal of a $50,000 fine after being accused of faking a foot injury against Tampa Bay in a game on December 5th. LSU gets a prominent transfer in linebacker Owen Spites of Oregon State. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed weekend and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504 260 1061. All access continues for this Friday night. I'm Ken Trahan. Glad you've joined us here this evening. And the New Orleans Saints continue to march on with P. Carmichael as the offensive coordinator of the team. Multiple reports that he will stay in that role despite the criticism he received this past season. Saints 22nd in total offense, 22nd in scoring in the league. Of course, the move that was made by Dennis Allen, as we've been telling you for the last several months, this is what was going to happen. The changes that would be made would be purges from the Sean Payton regime. And that's exactly what we saw yesterday when the Saints parted ways with run game coordinator and tight ends coach Dan Rouchard. Rouchard had been with the Saints under Coach Payton since 2013. First was the running backs coach of the team before becoming tight ends coach 
of the franchise. Went to offensive line to coach in 2016 and then moved into the role as run game coordinator and tight ends coach this past season when Doug Marone was brought in to coach the offensive line. Now, is that the only move that's going to be made? No. I fully expect there will be a few more offensive line, uh, not offensive line, but offensive staff changes to be made. But I also would not be surprised if there's a change or two on the defensive side, and here's why. Not so much that you want to make changes because the defense was good. Ninth overall in scoring defense, sixth overall in yards allowed, or actually fifth. I mean, this was a good defense, especially in the second half of the season. But I think this, if another coach, and we've already seen the interviews for the two primary defensive coaches elsewhere, if they get a better opportunity, they may leave. Or if Sean Payton gets a head coaching job, then you may see one of those coaches leave, if not more, from this staff. In particular, when you see that Dennis Allen is purging here. Remember, he made a few changes from Coach Payton's staff last season when he got the job, after he got the job. And as I said all along, I fully expect that's going to continue to happen. And with regard to Dennis Allen, this isn't disrespecting the Payton regime. To the contrary, Payton endorsed Allen. Payton obviously likes Allen and vice versa. And there's a sense of loyalty there and appreciation as well. But it's a large, large shadow that Dennis Allen finds himself in being cast by Sean Payton. That was always going to be the case when you had a coach that was as successful and as good as Payton was. And anyone that didn't appreciate Sean Payton when he was here, how much do you miss him now? It's much like we said about Drew Brees all along. Anybody that cast aspersions at these two guys, I mean, you got to be kidding me. Were you even paying attention? Of course not every year was perfect. Of course not every draft was good. Of course not every free agency move was a good one. Of course Drew Brees didn't complete 100% of his passes. Of course he didn't win more than one Super Bowl. But look at the consistent excellence that Brees and Peyton brought this franchise. And the incredible interest that they created in the metropolitan area and the state and region for that matter as is the case seemingly in all aspects of life, everything looks better in the rearview mirror further down the road. The ills are largely forgotten. The positives are largely remembered. And in the case of Peyton and Breeze, I certainly think that's true at this particular point in time. No, no turning back the clock. Sean Payton's not coming back. Dennis Allen has the reins. He has the opportunity to show that he does deserve the job and can get the job done. Whether or not that happens is another story. I will say this. I think the leash is kind of short where Dennis Allen is concerned. I think it's one year. I think he's got a year to show what he can do to prove himself, to put on display that he's capable of being a consistently competent, successful head coach. What's it going to take? Well, to me, the Saints are going to have to have a winning record this coming season. And they're going to have to make the playoffs. I think anything short of that and the coach becomes an endangered species. 
And he likely knows that too. The expectation is there. Now, the, the dissenter would say, well, Sean Payton had back-to-back seasons where nothing happened in 2007 and 2008. And again in 14, 15, and 16. And that's all true. The 14, 15, and 16 was largely fallout from Bounty Gate and the incredible damage that did to the franchise, as well as some bad free agents moves that took place during that time. Remember the names Browner, Bird, Spiller, to name a few. But the recognition of ownership in Mickey Loomis was that Peyton didn't become a lesser coach. They just didn't have the talent to get where they wanted to get. They fixed it. By 17, they were good again, and they won four straight divisional titles and got to another NFC championship game. So I think, Dennis Allen, if you get the nine wins next year, then the progress is there, and you stick with them. If not, it becomes a different situation altogether. And where the Saints are concerned at quarterback, Again, they're going to have to bring someone in. I don't think they're going to run it back with Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. I fully expect they'll try to bring Dalton back, but as a backup. They'd like to bring someone in to be a starter. Lamar Jackson's pie in the sky. Don't think that's happening. Somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo is possible, but the injuries are certainly a concern. Derek Carr, what's it going to take to get him? Good player. Not a great player. No playoff success, but again, you wonder if that's not a result of the organization he was with as much as his own abilities. Certainly a guy you'd take a look at. There are others too, but anybody else that you're talking about that's a veteran quarterback, you don't just want to bring one in. You want to bring in someone because he's a clear upgrade from what you have. They obviously didn't believe in Winston. They obviously believe in Andy Dalton's ability to run an offense. But again, he's not your answer long term. And we can argue about what he did or didn't do this past season, but he was competent. That's certainly the right word. And that would be hard to argue with regardless of how you saw him play this past season. You look ahead, you're not going to have Kamara in all likelihood to start next season. You might not have May. You're going to have to fill some holes. Who knows where Michael Thomas lands and what's going to happen there. Jarvis Landry, I don't know if he'll be back. Marcus Davenport, certainly one of those guys you look at that may not be back. Certainly don't expect Mark Ingram back. So you got some holes to fill. Running back is a concern to go along with quarterback. Offensive line at this point has to be based upon performance and health and defensive line, without a doubt, because of Davenport, the lack of productivity from Peyton Turner. And then you got Onyemata, who's done some good things, but nothing special. Then the other tackles are just rotation guys. Passing your own same way on the outside. Granderson played well. Linebackers you feel good about with the way Caden Ellis emerged, with the way Pete Warner was playing before injury, and with Demario Davis. Chase Hansen, Zach Bond, 
Then secondary, of course, don't know about Marcus May. Terran Matthew played better as the season went along, and he made some plays. P.J. Williams, we'll see. Cornerback position, you got to like having both Alante Taylor and Paulson Adebo as young players to go with Lattimore. There's Roby. So you feel pretty good about that. Kicker has to be better. Will Lutz was simply not good enough. One year, coming back from injury, okay. Second year, if he doesn't improve, they've got to change kickers. That's obvious. Can he do better? Yes, we've seen it before. But kickers, it's a fickle position, and the results are often fickle. See Brett Maher and what he did last week with Dallas. I mean, the guy was here last year. They let him go. Dallas has let him go previously. They brought him back, and he had a good season. And then last week, he struggled like crazy. So you just never know about that aspect moving forward. Last but not least, where the Saints are concerned, I think the, the other reason for encouragement is the fact that this division is so bad. If you look at these franchises right now, the only one that looks like it may be ascending a little bit is Atlanta. Ownership good, good GM in place, coaches respected, adding pieces after tearing things down. They got an idea about where they're going and what they're trying to do. Carolina, don't even know who the coach is going to be at this point. They're all in on Sean Payton, we'll see. I doubt it. But are you really that confident that Sam Darnold is your quarterback with average skill around him? And then, of course, Tampa Bay, heading in the wrong direction. Good players who are getting older. And they just basically got rid of their whole staff. I mean, nine coaches. Count them. Nine. Todd Bowles remains his head coach. But he's going to change nine guys, including Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich was getting interviews for head coaching jobs a year ago. Now he's fired as the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay. It's a fickle game, isn't it? Things change very quickly, very decisively, and you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse in a hurry. And we certainly saw that with Leftwich. But again, in Tampa Bay, with players getting older, with no quarterback of the future in sight, and all these changes taking place, coming off a losing record, by the way, you can't be very excited about that. So that's the other magical positive about the Saints is they're in a bad division. They can fix a few things quickly and have another good draft because it looks like last year's draft was a good one. Then all of a sudden they can be right back there, not only in contention, but in a pretty good position to possibly win the division, which frankly they should have done this past season despite the injuries given the circumstances. They just blew it with that game in Tampa Bay. Blew it. That changed everything. And they never really... We're able to totally get over that, even though they went on a three-game win streak and then spit the bit against Carolina in the final game of the year. So a lot to ponder with regard to what's going to happen with the New Orleans Saints moving forward. We'll take a time out here as we continue on All Access for a Friday night. And when we return in a moment, we'll make our picks. We'll go over the NFL Divisional Round playoff games as we continue with more of All Access here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and on the web at nashfm1061.com.
Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code WIN for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code WIN for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code WIN. This week at Macy's, get an extra 20% off with your coupon or Macy's card. That's on top of great savings, like 50 to 60% off coats and puffers for him and for her, 40 to 55% off boots and shoes for her, and 20 to 50% off bed and bath refreshes from Charter Club and more. Plus, stock up and save with an amazing 25 to 70% off season end clearance deals. Now at Macy's, savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply. Hey, drop what you're doing and clear your schedules. I just went to Kohl's biggest clearance event of the season and saved up to 70% on so much cool stuff, like cute home favorites, jeans for my whole fam, a cozy sweater for myself, a pair of boots for my husband, and more. So don't miss out. Get to Kohl's to save while you still can. You'll thank me later. Select styles, up to 70% off ends January 23rd. See store Kohl's at Comfort Details. This report is sponsored by Jackson Hewitt. Jackson Hewitt gets you your biggest tax refund guaranteed, plus a chance to double your refund or win weekly prizes with their Double Your Refund sweepstakes. File your taxes on the double. No purchase necessary. U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return ends 4 This is Josh Danzig with Where Yet Magazine for 1061 Nash Icon. This Friday and Saturday evening or Sunday afternoon, grab a date and check out the New Orleans Opera's presentation of Charlie Parker's Yardbird at the New Orleans Jazz Market. And are you a fan of Zion and the Pelicans? This Friday night, head over to the Marshroom Patio Bar and Grill for a watch party and to enjoy their delicious new menu items. For more ideas on what to do this weekend, log on to whereyat.com and click on our community calendar. Or sign up for the Where Yet weekly e-blast to get the latest email directly to your inbox. Cumulus New Orleans. Incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Well, we're here. It's arrived. And what a fun time it is to look at these matchups, to see who's going to advance to the championship games of each conference. 
So we look at this round of the playoffs and we look at where the money's going and what people think. Now let's start by saying last week we were 4-2. and 4-2 and two against the spread <clears throat> and 4-2 and two in terms of game winners we picked. So a pretty good week. But bombed out completely on Tampa Bay. In retrospect, that was a stupid pick. But there's my admission. So we move forward to this week. And we take a look at the Saturday card first. And the first game up on the docket, the Jacksonville Jaguars, coming off of their miraculous comeback win over the Chargers at Kansas City to take on the number one seeded Chiefs. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 our time on NBC Saturday. The Chiefs, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at home to win this game. Kansas City is a win away from reaching the AFC Championship game for a fifth consecutive season. What a job Andy Reid has done. What a player Patrick Mahomes is. And the Chiefs are on a five-game win streak. And the Chiefs are well-rested. Of course, the Jaguars, the vast improvement has to be credited to Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winning coach, a guy who's an excellent motivator and a good technician and a calming presence on the sideline. That was never more evident by coming back from 27 to nothing a week ago at home against the Chargers. The other reason for the improvement, or at least a large reason for it, is Trevor Lawrence the top pick in the 2021 draft. You know, he's, he's just gotten better in all facets. Completion percentage, lack of turnovers. You know, last season, 17 interceptions this year, just eight in the regular season. Jaguars trying to get to the AFC title game for the first time since the 2017 season. So, how do we see the game? I think you start by asking one basic question. Do the Jaguars stand a chance? Well, you always have a chance. But there's no way I'm going to go against Kansas City. The Chiefs at home in this spot, I think they win by double figures. So I'm going to take the Chiefs, spot the points as well to win this game. I just think that they're that good. That's consistent. They have been here and done that before. They're at home, and they're the better team. The second game on Saturday is in the NFC, and it's an NFC East rematch. The New York football giants at Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Well, let's first of all tell you that the weather will be a factor. In Kansas City which you're looking at on Saturday, is a high of 39 degrees. But the chance of rain and snow is 50%. So precipitation is a strong possibility in Kansas City. So keep that in mind where that game's concerned. Now, you move on to Philadelphia. What's the weather going to be like Saturday in Philadelphia? Much better. Mostly sunny, a high of 45, around game time, probably 38 to 40. Wind at 11, but nothing bad. 
So the weather conditions in Philly are pretty good. I think you're okay where that's concerned. The point spread, Eagles, of course, are the favorite, as you knew they would be. Seven and a half point favorite at this point to beat the Giants. The Eagles have won three straight and 11 of 13 against New York. So they've really controlled the series. It's the fifth playoff meeting between the two franchises. Each team has split uh, the previous four games. Eagles trying to get to the NFC title game for the first time since 2017 when they won the Super Bowl. Giants trying to get to the NFC championship for the first time since 2011 when they won the Super Bowl. Now the Eagles playing the Giants for the third time in seven weeks. Philadelphia, an easy winner, 48-22 to December 11th in New York. The second time was much closer, 22-16 to at home on January 8th. So just two weeks later, they meet again. So the question here is all about Jalen Hurts. How healthy is he? With the extra rest, you would think he's in a better spot to be able for the Eagles to call some RPOs where he might run the football. If they're not comfortable with him doing that, you're going to find that out pretty quickly. If he's not able to do that, it takes an element out of their offense. Quite a bit of an element. So that tightens things. The Giants had their way offensively against the Vikings a week ago. They did whatever they wanted. Daniel Jones has come to age. He's emerged. He's earning himself a big contract. He's big. He's strong. He's making throws. He ran the ball incredibly well against the Vikings last week. Amazingly well. And they may have that aspect uh, that they can lean on again in this game. The Giants are playing well. So this is an interesting game and an interesting spot. Eagles are well-rested. Giants are playing well. Looking at the number, seven and a half, I'm intrigued because I think my thought process in this game is to pick Philadelphia to win, but to win a close game. So therefore, I'd pick the Eagles to win, but pick the Giants to cover. That's my thought on game two on Saturday. Then you flip the card to Sunday. And, and I have a real thought process about this. Cincinnati is at Buffalo. It's 2 p.m. in Buffalo. And anytime you play in Buffalo, first thing you want to know about is, yeah, and what's the weather going to be like? Well, it goes without saying that you always are going to have that concern where Buffalo is concerned. So here's the forecast. 34 for a high, possible snow, 70% in the afternoon and evening. So you're going to have cold weather. You may have snow. How's that going to impact play? Well, the Bengals can't run the ball. There's that. And the Bengals' offensive line is chopped up. There's that. You know, the Bills were at home. They still have the enthusiasm from DeMar Hamlin and carrying over. Of course, this was the team they were playing when that very sad situation and difficult situation occurred. They'll give thanks to the Bengals organization for the way they handle it. 
But in the long term, the Bengals organization got the shaft because they were off to a great start in that game against Buffalo. And based on what I was watching, the Bengals were going to win that game. And had they won that game, they would be at home and not Buffalo. The NFL decided to not play the game and decided to just go with the records and therefore Buffalo gets to host. Is that really fair? Well, the NFL deemed it to be. My thought process would have been, why not play this game on a neutral field? Cincinnati never got the chance to earn that number two seed because of the unusual, difficult circumstance. And therefore, I thought they should have at least considered the prospect of playing this at a neutral site where you have better weather and where fairness comes into play because the Bengals never had their shot as per scheduled at home to beat the Bills, which they look like they might be on their way to doing when we were watching that contest. But the game's in Buffalo, and you know the weather's going to be a factor, and you know that the Bills are tough, although they struggled last week against Miami in a third-string quarterback. The Bills, five-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. And again, the matchup is interesting. Buffalo, one win, one win from reaching the AFC Championship game for the first time since the 2020 season. Last time the Bills won the AFC was in 1993 when they went on to the Super Bowl. Cincinnati is a win from a repeat appearance in the AFC Championship game. And so what do you expect in this game? Well, to me, you know, the Buffalo secondary is very susceptible. Is the weather going to be good enough for Joe Burrow and his outstanding receivers to have their way? And can this chopped-up Cincinnati offensive line provide Burrow with enough time to throw the football? Because you know they don't run it very well, as I said. It's a tough call. Ultimately, I've got to pick Buffalo to win the game at home. Ultimately, I'll take Cincinnati in the points. So a split decision there. Finally, Dallas at San Francisco. That's the concluding game Sunday night. Well, it'll be cool in San Francisco, but nothing to be concerned about. 57 for a high on Sunday. No precipitation. No worries there. 49ers are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. These are those thoroughbred franchises. Each has won five Super Bowls, so you know what you're getting here. Two of the best franchises in the league traditionally. Dallas played great against Tampa last week. Dak Prescott was elite. Brock Purdy was really good in their playoff game a week ago, San Francisco against Seattle. Cowboys have won six of the last eight meetings with the 49ers. Games in San Francisco, three and a half points. Man, this is a tough, tough pick for me to pick a winner, much less the points in this situation. But if I'm picking today, I'm going to take San Francisco to win by three, which means Dallas covers, but San Francisco wins. So a lot of split decisions in my thinking at this point. So we'll see how that goes. And, of course, we'll talk more about it on the Three Tailgaters show tomorrow morning with Ed Daniels and I from 10 a.m. until noon. We'll take a time out here. One more segment to go to put a wrap on things on this Friday night. Ken Trahan with you. All access. Rudy Dixon, our producer, back in a moment here on 
Nash Icon, 1061 FM, and at NashFM1061.com. Demand different. Demand Dudley DeBosier. Imagine this. You've been hurt in a car crash, but the insurance company only offers you pennies on the dollar for what you need for your injuries. You realize you should have called a lawyer, but how can you afford one now? At Dudley DeBosier, that call is free, and we are the only law firm in the state with the no-fee guarantee. That means you pay us nothing, no fees, no costs, or expenses unless we get you money. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 22-13578. Mornings were made for better things than rheumatoid arthritis or RA. Zelgen's tofacitinib is a pill for adults with moderate to severe RA when tumor necrosis factor blockers did not work well or could not be tolerated. Zelgen's can help relieve joint pain, swelling, and help stop further joint damage. Zelgen's can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Before and during treatment, your doctor should check for infections like TB and do blood tests. Serious, sometimes fatal infections, cancers including lymphoma and lung, blood clots, serious heart-related events, tears in the stomach or intestines, and allergic reactions have happened. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors have an increased risk of death. Tell your doctor if you've had hepatitis B or C, have flu-like symptoms, are prone to infections, or have ever had a heart attack, stroke, clot, or other heart problems, or swelling of lips, tongue, throat, or hives. Ask your doctor about prescription Zeljans. Visit Zeljans.com or call 1-844-ZELJANS. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food and a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's has it all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Martin. Or Rome. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. Is your tub worn out, but you're not sure who to trust to replace it? With over 2 million successful bath remodels, people trust Bathfitter because we know how to do it right. We've been custom designing and manufacturing baths for over 35 years. Our unique tub-over-tub installation takes as little as a day with no demo to fit your busy schedule. And we offer a lifetime warranty on every tub. That's how confident we are in our quality and durability. Bathfitter, it just fits. Visit bathfitter.com to book your free consultation. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 929 2121. That's 1 800 929 2121. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1 800 929 2121. That's 1 800 929 2121. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. 
For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllStateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper.